Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Dreams with Jen, and I'm Jennifer Griego. And I climb like hell through the brush and the bramble. Even though I had my doubts, told myself don't look down. And I turned that hill into a pile of gravel. It was only a Okay, today I'm here with my brother David. Hi, David. How y'all doing? What accent was that? Not sure yet. I'm trying to figure out what accent to do for this podcast because I'm quite unentertained by your presence. What? Did Whoa, you? Whoa, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's get this going. <clears throat> okay, so today um, I wanted to do a podcast about sheep hunting because about a week ago, um, I think it was something like that, I uh, had finished my Grand Slam also a week ago, a year ago. Right. <laughs> finished my Grand Slam. I was going to say, <clears throat> during quarantine, did you sneak out <laughs> yeah. kill another four sheep or something? <laughs> and a week ago... Two years ago, no, three years ago, I started it. Oh, it's okay, sorry. A week ago, two years ago, I finished it. A week ago, three years ago, I started it. You need to get your stuff straight, dude. I think that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I mean, no one's really checking, but cool. Thanks, Dave. And you got your first sheep two years ago. Two years ago, yep. A week ago, two years ago. (laughs) Don't listen to her. (laughs) Two years ago from a week ago. Maybe that's how I should have said it the first time. But, yeah. Um, first, uh, it was my first northern hunt up in the Northwest Territories, hunted with Ravens Throat Outfitters, and I hunted, um, doll sheep and mountain caribou, and that was pretty awesome. I was about to say mountain goat, and I was like, no, you didn't. No. <coughs> but, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, I mean, a lot of people, especially non-hunters, don't really understand the whole hype around sheep hunting and why it's so hard and why it's rewarding why it's rewarding <coughs> and, and addictive be- yeah and it's addictive um but uh yeah let's d- let's dive in and talk about it yes um obviously being in quarantine right now i've had a lot of time to think about uh past hunts especially because um we're up in the forest as well so it's kind of where your mind goes um and i've been looking at a lot of pictures um, <clears throat> just kind of like reminisce on old times, you know? Yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, just, just spending time here with the family just makes you appreciate the time with the family. Nice. <laughs> Dude, that is a, that is a beautiful quote. <laughs> it's it's going to be an epitaph, okay? <laughs> that could yeah, be on your tombstone. Yep, yep. Spending I, time with the family helps you appreciate time with the family. <laughs> Also makes you want to plot the deaths. <laughs> That's a little bit too dark. As my dad says on every single phone call with anybody outside of our family, every night he goes out and digs shallow graves and then fills them in the morning before we wake up. Dad, I wish you could just <laughs> shut your big yapper. Boom roasted. Got him. And notice how <clears throat> this podcast can go very smoothly since father isn't here. You hear that, father? <laughs> go ahead and keep cooking over there. Making enough noise in the kitchen? Jeez. 
All right. Let's go, yo. Okay. Well, I've told my sheep hunting story on here before. Um, I think, I don't know how much detail I went into. We mainly talked about the Grand Slam. Um, I don't know how much I talked about the sheep hunting itself. Um, but also the, on, on the find if you're feeling like you should want to watch that. Um, but David hasn't shared his sheep hunting story. Wait, you shared the f- the desert sheep, right? Yeah. You did a podcast, so not your first sheep. Did we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, I'll. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can dive into that. So again, two That's years why I ago. Question. Two years ago was when I hunted doll sheep for the first time, and that was an awesome uh, graduation <clears throat> surprise gift, almost like a an entry into manhood gift from my dad. Um, the so when are you gonna get there? Into manhood, you know, you're just so you entered two years hey, ago. Hey Jen, I am in control <laughs> of the movie lines, okay? So the bottom doesn't exist in this, okay? It's okay. I'm in total control. But okay. yeah, it was pretty awesome though. Um, yeah, it was it was a good way to kind of initiate my my own, um, you know, venture into manhood, manhood and. Adult being, life. Being independent. And and who knows, a couple weeks, Jen Jen will, 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 will get her own taste of independent. And freedom. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. It's not freedom. But, yeah, it was a pretty cool deal. So we ended up, uh, it was just myself. Um, uh, I ended up flying up to Northwest Territories. And to get there, I had to fly up to the Arctic Circle. In Inuvik, and then fly. You went south. in Inuvik or whatever. Yeah, Dang. it's pretty wild. And you know, people who ask about it, I'm like, yeah, I had to go to the Arctic Circle <coughs> for a little bit. We didn't get, go through there to get to where we're going, and it's pretty crazy. Um, Did you think you were on alone? I was like, am I on the wrong flight? <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so um, we so I I end up showing up at Ravenstraw Outfitters. And Jen was just finishing her, um, her hunt, and she and that and that and that was when she finished her Grand Slam when she got See. a Fannin, which is <coughs> a hybrid between a stone sheep and a doll sheep. Yeah, it's a doll sheep with gray. It's like a white doll sheep with some gray hairs on it. Um, and depending on what you're feeling, you can count it as a doll sheep or a Fannin. Um, in the summer, there's barely any gray, but in the fall, they're pretty dark. So. I got mine in the summer, so it had just a few hairs on it, but um, I've, they're really pretty in the fall. Um, and it's replacement of a stones. I don't know if I said that, but um, stones were <clears throat> in BC on horseback, so that was a little bit too dangerous and risky. Uh, if anything were to go wrong, I wouldn't have quick access access to a hospital um, like I would having the helicopter at Raven's Throat. So we went back with Grizz and Ginger and got a fan in with them. Yeah. And then David met us there. Yeah, we switched was, planes. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, like th- like we we probably had what a twenty minute interaction. Yeah, and something then like that. We ended up switching off, and uh, basically enough to unload the plane and load it back up again. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah it was funny because you because you were you 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 were were educating the whole camp on me, and bas uh-huh. and basically giving them tools to roast me. Probably chances are good. Yeah, That's exactly yeah, because because well, Grizz, I also because my. I was the only one in camp for, like, four days. Like, <clears throat> the other guy, Roger, was hunting. My dad was hunting. And I I think it was just me. I forget who it was. But I was the only one in camp. All the other hunters. Oh, Tom Foss. He was out hunting, too. Legendary dude. 
So they were all out hunting and I was the only one in camp. So every dinner and lunch and everything, I'd just be like with all the guys. Yeah. Um, and all the camp people. So yeah. Yeah. Chances are pretty good that I was just giving them tools for OSU. So Ravensor Outfitters is run by Grizz and Ginger Turner. Turner. And uh, they've had the it NWT. for... the NWT. Yeah. They've, they've been running it for a couple of years now. And the thing that's amazing is due to this whole coronavirus thing, they've had to drastically shut down... How, yeah, I don't think they're doing any hunts this year. Because I think um, Canada, the borders are closed. Yep. Um, so unless you're Canadian, you can't get back into Canada. Yep. Um, and then also they won't let any non-local NWT people into NWT, that province. Right. So they can only take um, Northwest Territories, local people hunting. Um, so I think just with all the whole logistics and flying everyone in and doing all that stuff, which wasn't worth it this year. So yeah. he didn't. And also bringing all their guides in. I don't think they could have done that much. Yeah, it was that. just yeah too much. It was too much of a hassle. To, um, so get, bad for yeah. the hunters that year. Well, and them because yeah. it's yeah, hard it, not yeah, having hunters. But the yeah, hunters. They have, they have to reschedule. But, I mean, yeah. then again, that might mean that, uh, that the following year, next year, hoping that this coronavirus stuff will stop. Um will be a good year for sheep. For yeah, it'll sure. be good. Let them all kind of mellow out for a year yeah. and grow. So, um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, you're going to finish your story. Yes. Yet. Yes. <laughs> so okay. far, it's been there for five minutes. Okay. Yeah. So I've got, so I got there, got all packed up and then, um, in the Northwest territories with that outfit of Raven's throat, instead of using bush planes, like a, a lot of other, um, outfitters use, they use helicopters, which is super badass. So I was totally, you know, mesmerized. I'm like, okay. Dude, there's, those are so dude, cool. they're so cool. Especially when you're in, like, the front seat. You can, there's a glass on, or not glass, but, like, whatever you call that stuff. Yeah, like plexiglass yeah. stuff. Yeah. At the bottom, so you can see where Look you're down. flying over. It's kind of freaky. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so. What, you had two pilots, right? You had Matt and Andreas. Mm, actually, yeah. First Matt flew in, Andreas flew out. Yeah, first time I got in the helicopter was with Matt, and Matt and I were talking and uh, you know, I was I was just like a kid in a candy store. You know, we're we're all flying over mountains, like look like look looking at all the caribou, and uh, and uh, dude, could you be louder over there? Dad, Red? shut your yapper. <laughs> He's making chili. What are you? Wait, what chili are you making? Hello. Hey, he's listening to his own podcast. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's okay. go. Let's. Yeah. yeah, you didn't even mention Tom Hoffman, I bro. was getting to that. Oh, whatever. I was with Tom Foss. You were Tom Hoffman. Yeah, Tom Hoffman is a legend archer. He's a he's a legendary bow hunter. Yeah, okay, one sec before you finish that. Go I'm ahead. just going to finish the chili thought real quickly. Dad's making some kind of meat. I think it's elk. Probably elk chili. Yeah. Well, since we've been up here, all we've been eating is like a bunch of elk. Our elk, whole, all of our fridges and soccer elk has taken a serious dent. In no, this seriously. quarantine, because that's all we've been eating. Uh, it's it's actually like, we oh, we had wild turkey enchiladas a few days ago. It was so good. That was my favorite. Yeah, like our bodies are probably made up of ninety nine percent wild game, and elk probably seventy percent elk, right? Yeah. Pretty a lot awesome. of elk, a lot of buffalo. Speaking oh. of which, I found the first shed of the trip. You finally found a shed? Where? Look at that. I was wondering where that came from. Yeah. Where Where'd you find that? It's classified information. I'm not going to disclose it on the podcast. I don't leave the house. Who cares? True. I'm not going to disclose it. You know why I found it? Where? You know why? Why? Well, 
Fine, just play it. Why? You know why? Why? Because I'm the dude. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, <laughs> you, you know? That. Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> so just just call me El Duderino from... Okay, let's get let's get going for the story, please. Um, yes, we did hunt. I did hunt with um, Tom, Hoffman. Tom Hoffman. And was Denise there too? Yep, Denise was um, was also with Tom. Denise was hunting, wasn't she? She was, and she was not successful the first time around. And uh, hunting with a bow for sheep is one of the hardest things ever. And it's actually like it's amazing. I was talking to Tom and Denise about their their archery, you know, um, prep. Like you know, practicing and and, mm-hmm. and and just preparing for the hunt, and and they're they, like I was just amazed by how much that they 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 were just telling me how they didn't really practice that much. They're because they're just always going. They're always hunting. Well, Tom, well, yeah, Tom's always like, well, I was hunting here, and then I came here, and then I was there, and now I'm here, and it's like, oh, it's just wild. And yeah, he, him, and I met up in Whitehorse before we got to uh, base camp, and we had dinner and stuff. But uh, yeah, he he just has you know, hundreds of videos on his on his phone of, of all of his adventures and stuff and yeah, it was just some awesome stuff and it was really enlightening to hang out with him and hear his stories. So he's a true legend. Well, so when you finished your hunt, um, did you did you stay in camp for a few days before you flew out? Because so, like sometimes we would like when I got my first sheep we left early. Once I was once I was done we came back to base camp and we left instead of staying the whole ten days. Did you say the whole 10 days, or did you leave once you got your animals? I stayed the whole 10 days, or I think it was more than that. No, yeah, it was Because you had weather stuff, right? Actually, yeah, so we got socked in, so I didn't, it, it took longer than, than 10 days, and I had to book flights out. Oh, I remember that. I and remember that was that. a major pain in the ass, because, you know, up <clears throat> that, that you far. You have no service. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that far north, you don't have service to call anyone. And we have like the sat phone and like your um, in reach. In reach thing. So you have like a couple texts and like one phone call a day to like yeah. tell people. Yeah, what's yeah. Going so on. I had to book flights with that, and then because of the weather complications, there are only so many like flights going in and out. Mm-hmm. Just just because you know, like <laughs> like you know, human interaction and human like civilization is very like. A scarce resource around there, so mm. they don't really have very many planes <clears throat> flying in and out. Well, they have that bush plane flying in like every ten days to bring in new hunters and yeah, but, food uh, and stuff. Yeah, but like you know, serious stuff to get to more populated places. Oh yeah, well, could, did you come out of Whitehorse or um? Crap, what's the other city called? Um, Whitehorse. It was Whitehorse. I'm pretty sure. Cause we didn't. The first year we went out of Whitehorse, but not the second year. The second year we went out of. Father, where did we fly out of the second time we went to NWT? Norman Wells. Right. That town is so small. It is small. Um, crazy. And there's, though, dude, it's crazy. I don't know. I, I could have sworn you flew out of Norman Wells. You know what? I think it was. Oh, well. It's because that's because they switched it. Yeah. They, they, they switched where they were coming out of. Yeah. Um, but because Norman Wells, <laughs> to leave Norman Wells to go back to the States and like, civilization basically you get on the plane and there's no security i know you yeah. get you yeah, just get on the plane there are only three people on the plane like yeah. you you the co-pilot <laughs> and the pilot 
Yeah. And then the hunters, but no, not that bush plane. No, I mean, I mean, it all it all. It it's all depends. so it's like. I forget where you land. Basically, you're on the plane, you go somewhere else, and then you go through security to get back on the plane where you were before. Right. It's crazy. So, um... Oh, that's my memories today, actually. My Snapchat my memories was going through that that airport, because there was a guy with no shoes walking around taking pictures in the airport. Not that that's relevant, but cool I just story, felt like bro. I had mentioned it. All right, let's continue. So, Matt ended up dropping me off with Grizz. With Grizz. <clears throat> um to our first spike camp and waiting for us was Tyne McConaughey and Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tim Affleck, <laughs> legend kid. Um yeah, so at that time I was eighteen. Tim was okay, 19, nineteen and uh Tyne was, Tyne like was 20. twenty. <laughs> so and then Grizz is like forty something. So it was legendary. We were just like they're just a you know, F shit up. But uh yeah it was a cool deal. So it, like we ended up getting dropped off, and uh, Tim and Tyne had everything set up, and uh, like like we all, we ended up getting our glasses out and we started glassing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it took three days to find the ram that I got, but I just remember, you know, you know I I I, I probably had like a two months, two like two months of training for the hunt mm-hmm. just to get used to hiking and carrying yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, so the like I would train for six months for my hunt because like once yeah 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 for like you, January hit we just like start working hard um, yeah plus like and crank yeah. it like the last two months but you're already in much better shape than I am so well yeah it's, um, obviously it's a lot more complicated with well your also because we couldn't tell well not only that but we couldn't tell you hey you need to train because you didn't know what's happening until yeah, May yeah it was a total surprise so it was July so and you August. had like two months before yeah. And, yeah, it was... You were like, oh, shit, I gotta get ready. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was emotional just even getting the news that I was going to do it by myself. I remember. I had the video. But, we um, crying. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I remember, like, our first expedition from our first spike camp, um, it was it was, it was was through really um, thick brush, and I, we, I, I, I remember we didn't, even, we didn't go that far. But it was it was wet because from the rain, and I remember I was just sore as hell <laughs> after my first time. Like I was like, dude, this is like like first day of hiking, and my my shoulders and my traps are freaking worn oh, down to the bone. And this is the first day, and I'm like, what the heck? Like I have no idea what I'm getting into. So and then next, like I I I, I was like, okay, I I just gotta realize it's gonna be tough. Next day, I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting shin splints and stuff. I'm like, all of these, <laughs> all of these feelings show up after I've trained, you know? Yeah, like, what yeah. the heck? Um, but it was awesome. Because you go harder than when you train. Yeah. And that, in that, in that part of, of where we were at, remember the first thing I saw was a moose mama and a moose calf. And that moose calf was huge, dude. It stood like five feet tall. I'm like, that's a baby moose, and it's standing five feet tall. Oh, moose! I thought I was thinking caribou. I don't know. No, why. yeah, and then we ended up finding some uh, caribou. Dude, sheds when and I stuff. was there the last few days, they found these moose locked together. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and it was crazy because I think I have a picture of it. But Grays and Matt were out flying around looking for animals, and they found these moose that had been they locked side by side, which was really weird. Because usually if they're fighting, they lock 
like head to head, but they were side by side. Yeah, they were. Yeah, these these two bull, mo- bull moose were height were were fighting each other. Not all well, like the thing was. Grizz they was were saying, definitely fighting. I mean, they were fighting, but usually when you fight, you don't fight side to side. He was like Grizz was saying. Well, so what were they doing? Hugging. Will you let me finish? They weren't hugging. They were fighting <laughs> they each can't other. Hug. I mean, they were fighting, but they weren't fighting like when you see in like when they're in the rut. You know, yeah. they weren't fighting like that. Also, it wasn't like this like the rut season or whatever. Chris was saying that one of them was significantly bigger than the other one. Yeah. So he's like, it wouldn't make sense that they were fighting either. They so were fighting, dude. I'm telling you. So, the bigger one probably like was knocking the other one away, and he was just like kind of hitting him, and then they got locked together, and then. Since they were locked together, they couldn't get unstuck or anything. Yeah. And they got eaten <laughs> by they the did. wolves they and the did. bears. Yeah, that that'd be really sucky. Yeah, and, th- and that that country out there is just totally unforgiving. And mm-hmm. you know, people people nowadays, especially in Arizona, who are like, yeah, let's let's uh, let, let's let's reintroduce wolves and grizzly bears in Arizona. I'm like, hey, that like that like that would be badass if we could hunt them, you know, <laughs> but. In reality, they're going to totally deplete the elk and mule deer population, mm-hmm. and it'll like it'll 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 really affect the the ecosystem, just because those like other than man, grizzly bears and wolves no don't really predators. have any other national predators other than themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just pretty wild that like that that type of country out there. But um, yeah, and actually at at our first spike camp, like probably like a couple hundred yards from where we first set up, we were walking along the riverbed and find grizzly bear tracks. I'm like, it's crazy. Oh my god! Like every night, I'm I'm, like, I'm gonna be laying in this tent with like a little piece of you know nylon between mm-hmm. me and a grizzly bear. Like who knows? And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a thrill for sure. But I was so tired after hiking, I just passed <laughs> out. You know. Yeah. <coughs> but but anyway yeah so so um after three or four days we ended up finding the ram that I was gonna shoot and I remember it being so like anticlimactic because <laughs> two months of training and then you're like oh there he is let's go after him and then Grizz sat at the base of the mountain and he sent the boys up there me Tiny Tim it sounded like Tiny Tim but that's, just, that's what I called them. Because oh, Tiny Tim with, like, Espanol. Yeah, it's, like, Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So he sent the boys up there, and from a distance, these mountains look very, you know, old. Like, obviously, they, they look steep, but they're nothing compared to how you get up there. Cause also, the terrain's insane. Yeah. And Once you get to that slate, it's like, oh. Yeah, and, 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 like, that, like, the whole mountain is really, you know, really tough in its terrain just because, like, Pretty much all all the green on that mountain that that you end up seeing through your binos from mm-hmm. a distance, like uh, th- from from a ways it looks like <coughs> small bushes. Yeah. But when you're hiking up it, straight up it, it's like huge <laughs> shrubs. Yeah. So we're making a ton of noise getting up the mountain, and it was like like we're basically just bush ra- bushwhacking to get to get up up the mountain to get within rifle range. Yeah. And um at at a certain altitude, the um that that terrain of the thick shrubbery turns to slate and mm-hmm. rock. Yeah. So and and with that stuff it's really hard to be quiet too because oh, it's, it's almost so like hard. you're walking on glass. Yeah. Um so anyway, it took us a while to get to to get past all the shrubbery to the slate. And 
and, and then, then slate like you take one step and you sink a few inches like yeah back down where you came yeah, from yeah yeah it's almost like glass sand but like really big <laughs> pieces of glass yeah um but uh we ended up getting probably like three quarters of the way up the mountain and we look up and our ram is looking looking in our direction and he's on the skyline like amidst all these big old rocks mm-hmm. and we ended up getting within probably 400 yards of him and he disappears over the other other side i'm like holy crap this this took us like an hour and a half to get up mm-hmm. this high and and i and and i'm i'm carrying my shit and and i'm and, and i'm i'm gassed i'm tired and i'm like are you kidding me like this ram could have winded us and he's gone mm-hmm. and then i'm like I'm i think the only nice thing about NWT, well, not the only nice thing, but a nice thing about hunting in the NWT in the summer um, is it doesn't get dark. It doesn't I get I mean, dark you had like a, like around an hour of darkness maybe Probably, at like 3 a.m., yeah. but yeah. like it's not like pitch black dark. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like Yeah, I think, I think the only rule with hunting at, in those conditions. You said to have enough light to shoot. Yeah, you have to have enough light to shoot, which is pretty much all the time, 23 hours a day. Mm-hmm. But – the only thing is, like, like within a day of being, within 24 hours of, of being near aircraft, you're not allowed 12. to, or 12 hours, mm-hmm. 12 hours of being near aircraft, you're not allowed to hunt. Yeah. Just because. Because it'd be an unfair yeah, advantage yeah, to just fly in, see a ram, and go out and yeah, shoot it. Like, yeah, you need 12 yeah. hours for animals. Yeah, like it's got to be fair chase hunting. Do their thing. So, um, anyway, we're, like, we're, we're all in the slate stuff, and and we all have our bindles out looking out for this ram. And he, and he was a lone ram. And uh, all of a sudden, he pops up back over, uh, back back over the ridge line, looking looking down on us. He probably did it four or five separate times. So, <laughs> so Tim and I were calling him Peekaboo because he was screwing with us. Because mm-hmm. we're like, are we gonna go after him to like, and go on another you know four or five mile you know trek to go find this guy to even get a chance to stalk in on him, or, or or, or like, are we with are we like you know, plus or minus two hundred yards within. Within my, uh, right Could Grit see him? Uh, Grit. We we did have a radio. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't really remember. I think we did have a radio, but he could not see him. But um, we never had radios up there. Then we didn't have a radio. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But but like, if Grizz was on the other side of the mountain, that, or the same side that you guys were on, he probably wouldn't be able to see him if you couldn't see him. Yeah, because he was looking straight up, and then we were like right under under the nose of the ram, pretty much. So after a while, like we're like we're all we're all moving, and then uh, um, the ram pops up from behind a rock, and then starts walking on the same face of the mountain that we are, and he's in like the real jagged rock part of it, and mm-hmm. we're and we're in like the the whole slate part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's walking, and we're probably like three hundred yards out, and uh, Tim stays behind with the camera, and Tyne is in front of me. Because he's the wise one, <laughs> one here of wisdom above us, mm-hmm. and he throws down his pack. He's like, "All right, Dave, he's right there. He's like three hundred something yards." Just like slowly squeeze trigger. Which gun did him. you have? It was a seven mag, and it was Grizz's oh, seven Grizz's mag. Okay. It was the first gun that ever killed anything. Spoiler alert. And you were the first person who killed anything with that gun. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But so, Tyne threw down the gun, or threw down his pack as a rest, and I threw. The seven mag on there, 300 yards, and and like I'm like I'm all breathing like crazy because I'm I'm like the like all all the adrenaline, plus I was out of breath from mm-hmm. from the hike from up there. Walking, yeah. 
and uh, I end up squeezing the trigger, and I shoot over his back, and 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 and, and it just takes off like. Um, Hi, Bandit. The sorry. ram. <laughs> you're <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> sorry. God. Bandit walked by. I haven't the seen him in a few hours. The disrespect is immaculate, dude. <laughs> sorry. Are you going to get the movie line up fast enough or are you going to nope, finish your story? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are like a thousand movie lines to pick from. I don't know which one to pick. So anyway, this ram takes off and I'm th- at, th- at that point I'm just panicking. I'm like, holy crap. Like, did I just like waste this like Where he got after shot him like back over the ridge? No, no. He, th- he ended up running on the same plane of the, of the mountain that we were on. Oh. Just, just further down east, let's say. So it was running away. And I was panicking. I'm like, shit, like two hours of getting to the spot and I just blew it, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck? So I so we ended up running after it. So, uh, question. Go ahead. So when he crossed over the ridge, did, did you guys just chill, like wait there and see what he was going to do or did you start walking? So he ended up popping over the ridge. He, like he, he popped over the ridge to disappear and then he came back over. Mm-hmm. And then... Like like we're we're all sitting there like to devise a game plan either to go around and go around the the side of the mountains to try to cut him off on the other side where he disappeared, mm-hmm. or so you guys can break over when he broke over because a bunch of like cliffs and stuff. Yeah, so we were gonna go down and go around the mountain, <laughs> so that would have been a long trek. Yeah. So we're all devising a game plan, and then we all look up and the rams like on on the same side of the mountain that we are. We're like awesome. Yeah. So we get up to range, rough range, I miss, blah, blah, blah. So um, the ram runs straight east on that same plane. And 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 Tyne and I are just flipping out. So like I've, I have all the stuff, and, like, and we're all panicked and, like, and rushing. So we're making so much noise, like, on, mm-hmm. the, on that slate. Like, we're, like, we're, we're almost, like, like, like. Like those old cartoons where 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 you're running in place, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So we're, yeah, we're we're all running in place, like trying to like get get to more like better running. Running on slate is the most like unproductive thing. Yeah, because it's like yeah. running in sand. Like you're not going anywhere. Know, like the yeah. sand that's like way up shore and yeah. it's all dry. Yeah, it's 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 almost like running on a a really loud sand dune made of broken glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. But um, yeah. So th- so we uh, I end up having another opportunity at rifle range. It was at like two two hundred some yards, and uh, and and then I'm, I'm like, all right, awesome. Like like, time throws down his pack again. He's like, Dave, just just relax. Did Tim follow you guys or did he? Yeah, stay he was he, he was behind us getting this all on video. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never right. seen this video. Like time just, I mean Tim, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning it to mom over here, dude. <laughs> Messing up names. So, Tyne's like, Dave, just relax. You got this. So. Catch your breath, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I start to, like, you know, catch my breath, like, breathing real hard. And then I'm like, here we go. Put around the chamber. Take the safety off. Click. Oh, God. Misfire. The, the, the round misfired. So, we ended up, like, ejecting the round. We looked at it, and, and, in and the, like the the it was obvious that the firing pin fired did, yeah because you it know it had a little dot on it yeah yeah the the, the like the indent. The, yeah the whole primer like punched a hole it punched a hole in the primer so we're like holy crap so I hand I hand it to t- to Tyne and Tyne's like oh shit because he's like is it gonna like, explode I don't know what's gonna happen 
Yeah, it's because like at that point, it's like, do I take it out of the gun? Yeah. Because it's like you usually don't want to because you don't know if it's gonna go off. It's gonna be delayed. Yeah. Or yeah. What. So, so I ended up giving the misfired round to him. He it it died. Just held it like it was a grenade about to go off. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So he he like he he throws it down, and uh, and I I end up putting another round in the chamber, and uh, and I slowly squeeze the trigger again. Boom. Smoke him. Smoke him right behind the shoulder, and the ram turns around the other direction and gives me the, the the opposite broadside shot shoot him again smoke him again and that ram stands there for like another 10 seconds and he's just like wobbling around wobbling mm-hmm. around and then he just falls and just glides skis down the slate yeah, yeah skis down the slate and tim ty and i were all high-fiving and stuff and uh yeah, dude that was that was that's honestly one, like one of my favorite videos of all time i've uh, never seen this video well you're such a caring person jen I'm kidding. I'm was kidding. it on the phone that Tim lost? No, no. That, Tim lost his phone on the mountain before. Before, okay. Oh, must he lost he must lost his phone when I was there. Yeah. So yeah, it was just totally awesome, dude. Like, like that that video is just so awesome because like he Tim Tim gets every every element of the of that stock, and then and then like Tim Tim runs up to like hug us and stuff hugs me i'm i'm like i'm i'm all holding holding the rifle and then tim takes the camera and it pans out to like see the like the like all the terrain that we're in and we're on like a 45 degree angle slope because that like the like the whole the whole initial angle of the mountain was like really deceiving to see how like Mm -hmm. steep it was but as soon as he like had the skyline in it it made it look like a 45 degree angle which it was Mm -hmm. just to make like which made sense to like explain why it was so you know hectic getting up there and actually moving around because it was all slight and 45 degree angle but it's hard to get level and that in your shot and stuff yeah so we ended up uh going up there and taking pictures with it and i I would just like speechless where's grace to hold like he was he was down at the base of the mountain so he watched the ram go down and he came up with us but we ended up cleaning cleaning the ram but I remember holding the ram, like, and and it was just, like, speechless. Like, it was just, like, totally, I just could not believe it because, you know, two months ago I had no idea I was, I was going to be doing this mm-hmm. at all. And I was just, like, you know, thank God, like, this is such a blessing to be doing this, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, because, you know, that that whole experience was just such a, you know, eye-opening deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. Did you, so then you had caribou after that. Yeah. Did you move camps? So what we ended up doing was we ended up packing out the ram back down to our first spike camp. And, again, we're, we're, we're all walking up the, the whole, uh, the, like, the whole riverbed deal. And mm-hmm. there's grizzly bear tracks everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, great. So I'm going to sleep with this freaking dead carcass sh- with this next dead to me. Carcass next to me. And that's what that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> was it? What, didn't they scare you one of the nights or something? No. Oh, um, I'm just imagining. Yeah, I was armed. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been shot. Dude. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we ended up having the the um, the tenderloins on dude, a cooked rock. Dude, that is rock. the best meal ever. <sighs> that was so awesome. Oh man, that was so cool. I didn't do that for my second round, but I did it for my first round. Yeah, it was cool. 
It's yeah. so good. Dude, it was it was like the most badass thing ever. We had Mountain House and then we had that and it was like oh Dude, that feast at the end was it was Mountain so House. Good. It was Mountain House for our calories and carbs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then we for had an actual meal. And then we had our the the um the sheep tender ones cooked on a rock. A little bit of salt and pepper. And then we had chilled kokanee beer that was all nice and chilled in, in the... In the river? Yeah, in the in the glacier river, you mm. know. And then Grizz brought some whiskey. That was sweet, dude. It's legal, guys, because yeah. he's 18 in Canada. Yeah, so. I was 18 in Canada, so it was legal. But that was wholesome, dude. We're all telling stories and stuff. I'll never forget that. It was an awesome deal. But, um, um. yeah, so after that... The helicopter picked us up the next day, and straight from there, um, Tim, Tyne, and I got dropped off um, to go hunt caribou in a completely different um, location. Yeah, because the sheep are up in the mountains and caribou are down kind of more in the flats, right? Right. So, yeah, it was it was more in the flats. It was it was like this. I mean, there are mountains everywhere, but they're like lower. Yeah, it was it was lower elevation. It seemed like so. Yeah, um, they were saying when I was there, like, because I camp, you know, the little, because there's the lake, and there's that kind of outside of camp, that little, like, marshy kind of area. Right. But, like, yeah, that, uh, in the fall, that place just, like, floods with caribou. Right. Grace was going to, like, put some stuff out there to go hunt them and hunt them by there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so... Grizz dropped us off, so at that point, we were just the boys. Did you guys go back to no. base camp or just from spike to spike? Straight to spike to spike. And, uh, yeah, Grizz dropped us off. We're like, see you later, dude. And uh, and then it was just Tim, Ty, and I. And uh, we ended up setting up our, our tents, wolf tracks everywhere, <laughs> which was super cool. Because, um, I mean, I was, like, for me, I was, I was more afraid of the grizzly bears than the wolves. Because... Yeah. You know, a pack of wolves will just harass you, I feel. And I'm armed. Yeah. But a grizzly bear, I don't know how that's going to work out, you know? Mm-hmm. But well, wolves don't usually attack humans. Grizzlies have been known to, like, yeah. they can attack. Yeah, but it was... Especially because they never see humans, so they have no idea what you are. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so we were all hanging out, uh, like, glass and, like, try, trying to find caribou and uh after the second day we ended up finding this awesome group at the very end of this super picturesque um valley almost you know mm-hmm. so we ended up packing up all of our stuff and going after it so <laughs> dude it was it was so cool uh yeah so so tim ty and i got all set up um imagine if it was Timmy or Timmy, and then Tim and Tyne. <laughs> Dude, that would be brutal. Tim and Tim and Tyne. Yeah. So, and and uh, and it was also really cool because there were blueberries everywhere. Oh, fresh blueberries. So whenever I got hungry, I could just get down, have a nice handful <laughs> Feast of, of blueberries. Blues ba- uh, blueberries and. The snozberries taste like snozberry. <laughs> a bunch of stuff. That it was so awesome. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we ended up closing it on. Do they caribou. taste like blueberry, like regular blueberries? Oh or yeah, do they taste like different. Like the most fresh blueberries you could ever Seriously? have. Oh, it was so good. And the only fresh berry I've ever had was strawberries. Oh, they were so good. Um, but yeah, we ended up moving in to these caribou, and uh, 
and from from a distance we ended up picking out like because all like no matter what the um like no matter if it's female or male like they'll they'll all have antlers so caribou really yeah uh uh-huh. they're they're caribou are one of the few mammals that have horns female mammal yes um but yeah it was cool so from a distance i ended up picking out this monster caribou who we're sitting underneath right now spider oh spidey i forgot he was up there i call him spider because his his horns look like almost looked like they had a uh you know like they they, they almost looked like a spider web because they were just all mangly and like it was really cool Dude, I feel like Joe Rogan right now because I'm looking up like female caribou with antlers. It's crazy. They actually have them. The female antlers are significantly smaller because they go up to 20 inches. Yeah. Males go up to 51 inches. Yeah. And then like another cool thing about uh, caribou is- They're the uh, only deer species that grow antlers. Female deer species. Yep. The only female deer species that grow antlers. And on top of that, caribou have the largest antler to body ratio. That means that- they have the largest in mass. North America. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because I think red stag. Well, <laughs> no, actually, no. That's no, because like, red red stag are big are big bodied animals. Not really. They're kind of like a deer. Let's I just stick with North America. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but like, look look at any caribou and like they have they have you know double shovels or whatever and yeah. like, like they 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 just like the 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 sheer mass. Of the amount of antlers that they have is just totally outweighs um, any other species of deer, you know. But it was really cool. So we ended up moving in. Um, Dude, the female caribou looks so like their antlers look so puny. Yeah, but <laughs> they look like a deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was Spidey's sweet. so sick. Oh, and he's in velvet, which is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. caribou are in velvet a lot longer than elk and all that stuff probably the timeline's different because of the weather and where yeah, they I are i think they're rutting in in that time too so but it was they're really cool caribou velvet's really sick yeah so uh so we ended up moving in to this big herd and uh i have some awesome pictures of of of, of all these caribou that that moved up on the on all the snow melt mm-hmm. and was just feeding on some of the like underlying grass mm-hmm. in there, yeah. And the main reason why they're up in the snow melt is because it stays, it keeps them away from the flies. Oh, okay. Because um, all these an- all these caribou just move in giant herds, so mm-hmm. basically, like all the all the flies just you know go wherever they go. It's crazy when you're flying in the helicopter, you see the trails. Oh and it's my like gosh! This it, is where they go in the whole time. Yeah, I've I have another picture and video of just like. Like all, all these trails on the, on the um, on the slate, mm-hmm. and it it looks because you can see like them significantly because it's like it's just a very light um, straight line. Yeah, it was just a straight line, and and just all these straight lines from like looking at it from the helicopter, it's mm-hmm. just like there are there's so much game out here. It doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, but it was amazing. So we ended up um, waiting around this one corner. Where, where all the, all the all the caribou were sitting at, and <laughs> yeah, they, like we we were waiting we were waiting to like intercept them when they were crossing to the other mm-hmm. part of the valley, 
but it, we waited like three hours and nothing happened. So we had to like capitalize on a little bit of movement. So I ended up moving into like 300 yards or something. And Tyne was uh, Tyne was with. So could me. you guys see them, or were you just like guessing this is where they were gonna go? We saw them the whole time, but we just didn't know where they're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. So you don't and move in too close and have them go a different direction. And like the way that they were hanging out in this one area, they were almost pinned up against the side of this mountain, so they couldn't really go anywhere. Mm. So if I moved in too close, it would have been really hard to single out the one. Um, the one caribou I wanted to shoot mm-hmm. because they all would have been clustered together and moved out somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. or or scaled the like scaled the mountain and gone up the other side. Mm-hmm. And that would have been really hard to go after. So <laughs> this this is so funny. So 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 we're all waiting there for the caribou to move, and Grizz calls Tim on the on the satellite phone. He's like, "Yo." Like Tim, Tyne and Dave are chilling right now. Like, like I'm like we all know your situation, but Tim, we need you right now. There's some drama going on at camp. So, Ginger sent the helicopter to go to go pick up Tim. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. Um, but it was like probably like a three four hour you know hike back to Spike Camp mm-hmm. where Tim could get all the stuff and get picked up. So, Ginger was like, all right. Just have Tim call um, Andreas at that time mm-hmm. um, after he after Tim picked up all the stuff. So we're all waiting, and then Tim's like, "All right, see you guys. Good luck. Peace." And he takes off. So <laughs> so Tim takes off, you know, a really long way back to Spike Camp. It take hours to get there, and then Tyne and I like are are all just waiting waiting for the caribou to move. And as soon as Tim leaves, the caribou start moving. <laughs> like, all right, it's go time. So Ty, Ty and I move up, and uh, perfect opp- opportunity presents itself. Spider's in the very back because he's, you know, the alpha mm-hmm. caribou. And uh, he gives me a clean shot at 200-something yards or 300. I don't really remember uh, how far it was. But um, shoot him broadside, whack him. He like doesn't he, like it barely puts a hitch in his mm-hmm. in his steps. I'm like what the heck? Like this? <laughs> Times like no, you hit him. Shoot him again. Boom. Keeps walking on phase. I'm like what the heck? Boom. Whack him again. Nothing. I'm like, is it? Am I hit like are these blanks? <laughs> or what is this? So I shoot him again, and that caribou turns around and goes back uphill <laughs> the whole way that he came, and then he just stumbled, fell down. We're like what the heck? So what's going on, yes? You're interrupting the podcast. Anyway, so he starts walking back up the mountain. Yeah, he starts. Ma- he starts. So anyway, that caribou gets shot like four or five times, mm-hmm. and then he goes up the mountain where he just came from, and we end up getting there, and and uh, with so it was Tyne, <coughs> Tyne and I at that point, mm-hmm. and Tyne. Time and I just look at this blood trail, and this blood trail is just insane, like gallons of blood. And that and that 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 caribou barely took any steps at all, like like didn't like barely felt those bullets at all, yeah. and like didn't do anything. 
So that caribou is definitely one crazy mofo. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. I had to pop a cop because he wasn't giving my props to move down. Spider was gangster, dude. But yeah, that was insane. So, so, yeah. so did he crest over the mountain or did he just like walk up and die? No, he probably had like a 30, 40 yard like trail of just blood, just like paintbrushes of blood where like where he walked down and back and he, he was just super, super, um, he didn't give a fuck. He did not give a fuck. So did he die? <laughs> he did die because point? we were all, we were there taking pictures with it, weren't we? So when did it die? Did it go up the mountain and then die? No, it was right there. You said he turned to go up the mountain. Yeah, but it stopped because he's a crazy mofo. Don't mess with me. I'm one crazy mofo. I had to pop a cop because he wasn't giving my props in Oaktown. So he goes like 30 hours up the mountain and then he just dies. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So we're all taking pictures with it and those pictures are like the coolest thing ever. Wait, is that the one that's like by the riverbed kind of? I think I have the pictures in the I know there's a picture of you with the antlers on your back in, like, a river. That's a pretty sick picture. That was kind of how it was. But, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh. What year was it? 2018. But, yeah. That. There it is. This is the picture. Oh, wait. Can I see? You just have a gun. I thought the, I thought the antlers were in the back. Hold on. Why not my phone? <laughs> but look That's at this. a sick picture in the river. Look at this blood trail, though. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's a red rock. Dude, the, I miss Canada. That terrain is so pretty. Yeah, look at this. Right. Oh, I see the blood in that picture. Holy see? crap. Right there. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. You don't even know. Look at this. Your hair is very short in this picture. Yeah, my hair is very long now. Here, look, look at, at there's Bandit. Sorry, that's the other picture next to that. Okay. Look at this. Oh, there's your sheeps? No. Yes, that's the picture of your sheeps. Here, look at this blood. Look at this video. Oh my god. If he locks down, I'll bleed out and die. The tree's my only chance. In such short distance, he'd outrun me and grab me easily. Dude, that oh. literally looks like you have like a can of paint and you're just like walking around with your hand going all the way back and all the way forward I and know. it's just dripping everywhere. Yeah, those freaking caribou are tough. Oh dude. my Jesus. You would have talked to me. That is insane. Dude, this looks like a terrible like when you watch like Forensic Files and like all oh, the blood spatter was crazy. This yeah. is what that looks like. That is insane. And he just, like, didn't even take a dent. No <laughs> he dance, just, like, dude. kept walking. Wow, dude, that's insane. So then after you got your caribou, did you get the helicopter in, like, a few hours later? Or, like, the next morning? And then yeah, it was the next morning. Are those grizzly tracks? Yeah. That's Wait, insane. no, no, those are wolf tracks. That's a wolf? Yeah. Damn. That goes to show how uneducated you are in nature. It looks like a grizzly. Mom. You don't like to talk in this podcast. Those are huge. No, those are wolf. Mom, you're ruining the quality of this podcast, okay? Wait, you had the antlers with you in the tent? Yeah, I didn't want to get eaten, dude. <laughs> that was the most valuable thing, other than the meat. 
Nice. Wait, quick question. Why is there a picture of Tim with caribou in his backpack? Because I got tired, okay, after the four-hour No, but I out. thought Tim left before you shot the caribou. Oh, let me get to that. So, I ended up shooting the thing. T- Ty and I are, are taking pictures with it. And then Tyne get Tyne calls Grizz on the sat phone. He's like, hey, we got a caribou down. And then Grizz like, hey, heck yeah. He's like, you know what? I don't really need Tim that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Tim was like, so Grizz calls <laughs> Grizz calls Tim on the sap, on his sat phone, and he just got back to camp, like four hours like of hiking, and then Grizz is like, "Hey, buddy, I know it was a long hike, but you gotta turn back and help Dave and uh, Ty and get that thing out of there." He's like, "Yes, sir," and he turns around and he gets back up there, dude. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. MVP. Poor Tim. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was that was so funny. So, we ended up packing it out and uh yeah, it was it was a long hike and those it was funny on our, on our hike back. Like of course that was like the only hour it was dark out cuz it was 3 in the morning or whatever. You Oh yeah, I see the picture. And uh and we ended up running into some caribou. They're like, "What's that?" Cuz <laughs> cuz uh Tim, Tim, Tim was holding spider's antlers like above his head, and he's like, uh-huh. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and that caribou was like, "What the heck is going up that?" That's crazy. So then you got back to camp. What day was that? That you got your? Okay. It was only a two-day thing, I think. Well, so six because including your sheep. Yeah, it was six days. Six right. days total, and then so we ended up packing up, and uh, got picked up by the helicopter, which was badass. And, and then, then you chilled at camp, and then you went jet skiing. Yeah, I or got not jet skiing. What was it? Water skiing on the back of the boat. Yep. And then we ended up seeing grizzly bears, dude. In the helicopter? No. Oh, yeah. We saw grizzly bears in the helicopter. Dude, we saw a grizzly bear in the helicopter, and it charged the helicopter. Dude. <laughs> it's insane. All right. Here's one thing. This was super cool. So, Andreas took Grizz and I and Tim in the helicopter because Grizz was scouting out other other parts of the land, and, and that I, I remember reading like the, like the whole stats on it, but that amount of land that they're allowed to hunt on is like almost as big as Yellowstone. It's That's ginormous. So Grizz was um was checking out different spots, and we have coming coming across a pack of wolves attacking a porcupine. <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever. That's insane. You know, porcupines are like really dumb. And they're really easy to kill, except for the fact that they have spines. Like, if they didn't have the spines, they would just be extinct. Because that's the only thing that keeps them alive. Once you flip them on their back, like, you can just kill them. Yeah, it's, yeah. I read that somewhere. I don't know where, though. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was super cool. And, 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 so, so, uh. Oh, yeah, we saw a bunch of porcupines in the helicopter just flying around. So, Andreas got really, got really down low to the ground to go get a better shot. Or, like, to get a better, like, you know, camera shot of it. And. Like these wolves are popping out out of nowhere, and they're they're charging the helicopter. I'm like what? Like how crazy do you have to be if you're a freaking wild animal to see a UFO, pretty much, <laughs> and then charge it charge out, out it. of fear? Like you want to attack it out of fear? That's crazy. Do you know what's really weird? I'm looking at pictures from my hunt, and there's a picture of me and Christy Titus in like a convenience store in Norman Wells, and the fact that my mind just went, oh, why aren't we wearing masks? Because masks are so normal right now. 
it's just like I don't like that that's where my brain just went. Yeah. But crazy. Um yeah, so I ended up spending the remaining couple of days back at base camp and that was awesome because I got to spend some awesome time with um Tom Hoffman sharing stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was this grizzly bear that kept showing up. They were up. back already? Yeah. Were they switching camp or something? So Denise went out, but Tom didn't. Tom wasn't hunting. Oh, okay. Denise was. Um, but yeah, so every morning I'd get up, have some cup of coffee, and then look through the pot, look through the spotting scope across the lake and stuff. Did you see that bear with the claws? The yeah, white claws. Yeah. I never saw that bear. Yeah. So that that bear came in like every single day. Damn. And he never I've, came in when I was there. Here, check out check out the the video the pictures I have. Oh, I, yeah. I think I've seen them. Did you change your password? Yes. Don't. Dang. I don't trust y'all anymore, because Timmy sent Snapchats to people and <laughs> posted stuff on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, Tim, I missed him. Oh, look at the rainbow at camp. Look at Tom, cheery old chap. You know, I gotta go back just to favorites. But I I took so many photos on this trip. It was ridiculous. Dude, so this, these were the moose that were locked together. This was when Gris found them. And like. Yeah, he ended up <laughs> boiling it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. He, we had Wait, he, he found it there? Mm-hmm. Wow. He found it like right there. Um, oh, this I think this is exactly how they found them. Jeez. Like that. Um, and like, can you see where their heads are like everywhere around there? It's just like beaten to the ground from like all the animals walking on it, eating the dead caribou or not caribou moose. Um, but it was funny cause like when we went to take them apart, it barely took anything to like get them apart. It was like, damn it. Yeah. If only they had like worked together slightly. Cause I mean, like when you look at it. If only moose knew how to untie knots, they'd be, have a little bit more experience. But yeah, check out, check out these. Grizzly bear. I think they, they end up calling him White Claw or something. Yeah. Chief something White like Claw or something. Yeah. Which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chief White Claw has a whole new whole new uh, meaning now. Not before all the White Claws. <laughs> the White Claw movement. Oh man. But yeah, every day you'd see that freaking thing there. His claws are monster. pearly white. Yeah. And he just chew on that gut on that gut pile that we dump all of our stuff over there. And yeah, that was insane. But. Yeah. Did you hammer your bullet next to my bullet? No, Grizz did. Nice. Yeah, that was a commemoration thing. But yeah, so and actually it was it was a cool process um to take care of the caribou after we got it back. So yeah. one thing that you do is you know, all all these all the caribou with the with the velvet in it, it um it actively has blood. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, flowing, you were saying this. Blood flowing through all of the antlers. Because they're they're not hard bones like cartilage. No, and it's actually surprising because that that um the antlers at that state are very fragile, mm-hmm. and they could easily break off if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Matt, another the different Matt in the camp, and time and I Matt. took um, nails, like mm-hmm. almost like a paddle with nails in it, and we poked holes in all in in pretty much every part of the antler. And then we took a paintbrush with paint thinner mm-hmm. and gasoline <laughs> and painted the painted like the whole surface of the antler with this gasoline mixture. Mm-hmm. And like I guess somewhere or another it like 
thins the blood, and the blood drains out of the skull mm. cap and makes it easily easy out of the to, skull cap. Out of the skull That's cap. That's crazy. And it makes it easy to uh, preserve, and Dang. that was really cool. And then after that, we um, the, the other guys that were in camp, like uh, I was one of the first guys to come back, um, because we used some savages, dude. And um, so I, Tim and I would just, um, you know, skin out whatever they they brought back and salt the hides and mm-hmm. stuff. But it was funny because like every every other morning I'd I'd wake up, and Grizz and Grizz and Tim are all listening to Tupac and some gangster rap, and just <laughs> salting and oh you God. know processing meat and stuff. I'm like, this is the life I want to live. <laughs> Dude, they're so funny. It's a gangsta life, dude. Listening to Grizz rap is the funniest thing ever. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. That was some gangster shit, dude. Back there. Dude. Northwoods gangster. But yeah, it was some cool stuff. Um, and actually... so on I was wa- bummed because when I was in camp for like the three days that I was, it was like, you know how it's like raining overcast here? Mm-hmm. It was like that there, so we couldn't do anything. Like, cause you went out in the boat with them, and you were like hanging out. But like, yeah, for me, since it was all rainy and everything, Chris was just having them do a bunch of chores, <laughs> like around the thing, and it was like freaking cold and rainy. So I just sat in the in my cabin by myself. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be gray, and it's gonna last you for the rest of your life. Mine was the opposite, dude. It was nice I and know. sunny. I was out, you know, jet skiing. Or not, I wasn't jet skiing. I was wakeboarding out on the, the, on the, like, with one of the fishing boats. It was awesome. I was catching fish. Didn't the battery die in one of the fish mode, like, the boating motors one time or something? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. But, um, but, yeah, it was cool. So, I was so sad to leave the place because it was at the time of my life. It was so sad to leave there. And uh, yeah, I kept a journal like the whole time, and I just promised myself, I'm like, you know what? Like at the, at the very end of my trip, I'm like, you know, this is such an awesome thing, and I definitely mm-hmm. want to share this with my kids someday. So I'm gonna do all that I can in my career, and just just to work my ass off, so that I can afford to do something like this, you know? Yeah. And because <clears throat> you end up learning so much, and and those 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 hunts are not cheap, so. No. Um. And and we and and you and I are blessed to have this experience because mm-hmm. th- there aren't very many people who are 18 years old that have the opportunity to do something like that. Yeah, and I did it when I was 16, 17. Wait, no, 15, 16. Right, I was 18. But yeah, it was just an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Um, but yeah, I was like super emotional getting out of there because I'm like, man, like this, like this, this is like the most free you could ever be, mm-hmm. you know. And like being, it's like it's being, awesome because like you don't have service or anything and yeah. you like love it. Yeah, being being that far from civilization just makes you realize how insignificant you are as a human being because mm-hmm. you're totally at the mercy of the weather, at the mercy of you know the wildlife. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, we end, I ended up meeting up at in Norman Wells after I had to reschedule my flights because the weather was really mm. bad, and I ended up talking to a guy named Cade Lemon. Cade. Cade. And he's this guy from Utah. He's just really, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't really realize how how much of a big shot he was because we were just you know BS and mm-hmm. just talking. And uh, I ended up finding him on Instagram. He's got like hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm like, holy crap! And uh, turns out, a guy in his camp, he was on 
red wait, what was it oh, red uh, red red brock no dad dad <laughs> where's dad dad what's the outfitter that starts with red in the nwt arctic red arctic red <laughs> right excuse me yeah. you'll have to excuse my friend he's a little slow that was embarrassing, dude. But anyway, he hunted on Arctic Red, and Jay Scott hunted on Arctic Red. Yes. Okay, that's why I know it sounds so familiar. Yes. And he was telling me that a guy in his camp was in his sleep in, in his sleeping bag in his tent, and the grizzly bear came and freaking ripped him out of his tent and started chewing on his leg. That's insane. So we got to get I had to get air vacked out of there, and that was probably like less than a hundred miles from where I was, and that may seem not very significant, but. I mean, that could have easily happened to me because who knows how many grizzlies? Because there's, yeah, there's so many grizzlies, and you can't you can't hunt them there, can you? Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I definitely I saw. I think only local people can hunt them, and yeah, like but, one, they're like once in a lifetime. But I think you get like one tag in your life. Yeah, obviously, if it's a uh, well in Canada, that's how it is. But if it's a life or death situation, oh yeah, I mean if it's killing you, you gotta you kill, can it. kill it. And uh, I think outfitters are allowed two two bears a year merely for self-defense but those but but those those grizzly bears are a problem because <coughs> like when i was there one of the the camp dogs <coughs> chris's dog i forgot what, what the name was oh, 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 oh my gosh i know i know, I know. um the three-legged one right yeah <laughs> yeah because got hit by a car <laughs> well i got hit by a car lost his leg eyes go cross <laughs> there are the hound dogs oh my gosh okay yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But the first year I went there, he had like five or six hound dogs. Jeez. And the second year, he had two. Yeah. <laughs> he left but I got home. While I was there, the one hound dog, and I was in camp during this, but that hound dog did not come back. He went with three legs, and it was either killed by a grizzly bear or a, wolf. Or a pack of wolves. Because, like, the thing is, those dogs, they just run around all day. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, restrain them? Like, no. They're yeah. hounds. They're yeah, hunters. they're hound dogs. That's how I got hit the first time, because they can't keep them. Right. Well, because... Oh my gosh! But I those can't dogs are just in doggy heaven. I mean, one of them is literally in doggy <laughs> heaven. The other one, like, I mean, they're, they're in heaven. They're though. in heaven up there. They just chase they chase porcupines and all this stuff up there. Yeah. Um, so um, and they just run around and then they come back eventually. Like yeah, it was cool. But but when when that Cade Lemon guy told me about like how one of his one of the, one of the guys had to get air vacuumed because he legit got mauled by a grizzly bear. I'm like, that could have been me easily. Like, how insane is that? It's freaking. It's just the Wild West up there. Or Wild Northwest <laughs> territory. But, yeah. um, But, yeah. Actually, <clears throat> so, one of, the, one of my good friends, his dad got drawn for Desert Bighorn the other day, or a couple weeks ago. And he was asking me, like, about, you know, he, he, was, he was asking me, like, if I could offer some input to his dad and him just to see how to, like, prepare Mm-hmm. And I think it's valuable to kind of to kind of go over what to how to prepare and what to expect on a sheep hunt because you know it is definitely a life changing. You do have to experience. train a lot. Yeah, because you're walking all the time. You yeah, packing on your back. Yeah, you got a pack on your back. And I I was talking to someone about this because um, they're they're wondering what the hype was about with sheep hunting. I'm like. Sheep hunting is almost like you can't really explain it. Well, I can explain it very well oh, to you okay, right now. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Sheep hunting is the triathlon of hunting. Yeah. Because you gotta 
like you, you have to be you have to have really strong endurance to be mm-hmm. hiking long distances you got to be able to carry a heavy pack mm-hmm. and you got to be you know strong enough to actually like carry your weight around and and if and especially if you get a caribou or a, mm-hmm. a sheep you got to be able to pack it out yeah so being in the best shape possible in terms of cardiovascular mm-hmm. you know shape you have to be really good you have to be I was going to be like mentally tough, especially if you're like, if you see, if you're like so close to a ram and you get winded or you miss or it crests over that mountain and you can't go get it again. Like, and, uh, and that was, or if you're stuck on a mountain for 10 days or if you get rained in, rained in, so much of it's psychological. Father who I invited on this podcast, but he ditched us. I don't know where he is. Um, cause I think it was, it was one of his sheep hunts, I believe he was socked in and rain stuck in his tent for like 10 days. He didn't even get to hunt, like, at all. And, uh, like, and talk about the grizzly bears. He comes out of his tent after, like, 10 days, and there's the grizzly bear, like, trail pounded around his tent, like, six inches deep. So, and it had been raining, so it was, like, all mud. That grizzly bear had just walked around their tent for days, and they didn't hear it. They didn't know it was there. And he was just walking around. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's freaky. No, it is freaky. Because it was legit inches from his tent, and he just and the grizzly bear decided not to maul him. Yeah, just for whatever reason. Yeah, it's just amazing. But yeah, it's definitely a really like the the whole psychological component is really big. And on my sheep hunts, I I mean, it the the whole pressure pressure of it definitely got to me. Mm-hmm. On both my sheep on both my sheep hunts, I missed. Mm-hmm. On my doll, I missed because of the story I just told you. And on my desert, if you listen to that podcast. Um, well, that was not entirely your yeah, fault. The gun yeah, had been, yeah. I mean, whether it was or not, yeah. there was a lot of issues with the gun. Yeah. Because when it came down to it and you switched guns. like Yeah, but that, that desert hunt was definitely the hardest hunt I've ever been on in my mm-hmm. life. And sitting there waiting for my opportunity to shoot, um, the pressure was definitely building up in my mind being like, mm-hmm. dude, you've hiked 70 miles and you're sore as hell and here's your opportunity. Go. You know, mm-hmm. but the gun, I mean, in my book, I think the gun was off, but that's a whole different story. But I missed it, but I ended up closing the deal, see, sealing the deal with a rifle mm-hmm. rather than a muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, I, w- I was telling my buddy to prepare for these sheep hunts, you definitely got to be in really good cardiovascular shape. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you want to lose as much weight as possible. No, you don't. A hundred percent. Well, not in your case. For me, yeah. Well, I mean, fat, like extra weight that well, you like, but I'm not. That's sa- what I mean. I'm not saying, guys, don't eat for seven no. weeks and lose all the muscle that you have. No, no, no. no. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want to like, like, you don't want to like just completely slim down. All right. Because because and what I'm saying is like, because I mean, train hard to the point where like you lose weight training. You yeah. Know? Don't yeah. just like diet to lose weight. Like train hard to where you lose weight training. But when you're on the mountain hiking for days on end. You're going to lose weight doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't want to be at a point where you can't lose weight. Like you want to still be like, an, you just want to be in good shape. You don't want to be in unhealthy, skinny shape, you know? Yeah, but I would argue that you'd want to be on the skinnier side. Well, it depends on like, okay, for you, it, I wouldn't say you need to lose weight to go on a sheep hunt. If you I were did lose weight. Training. I know. I know. I know. I'm not like, I'm, I'm, my argument is that you have to lose like you're like your style of training should be geared towards like the more you exert your exert yourself 
the more weight um, you should be losing. Well, yeah. Yeah, like, you're going to lose weight when you train. But don't, like, orientate yourself around, like, I need, like, okay. If you're at a healthy weight, like, you're at a healthy weight. You don't need to be like, okay, I need to lose, like, 10 pounds before I go in the sheep hunt. You just, you're just going to train to the point where you may lose 10 pounds. I'm just talking about for the average person. You are an average person. I'm, no, I mean, in my case, I'm not the average person that's going on a sheep hunt. Most people who are going that's on sheep true. hunts are, thir- are, you know, 40, 50 years old. That's true. Just, and I, my, my advice to those people is, you know, start, start like, um, you know, being more, you know, active in your lifestyle and on top of that start dieting to the point where you're on you're you you have a caloric deficit which means that you're consuming less calories than you're burning yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the reason for this whole thing about weight is like i remember i remember listening to some kuyu podcast saying that it was a j scott podcast and he was saying that um Say, say, all right, like for me, like the, the, like the very heaviest I've ever weighed was 180 pounds, mm-hmm. and my natural weight is 160 pounds. When I was 180 pounds, I was not in good shape. I was a thick boy, dude. So if I hiked around with a 50 pound pack weighing 180 pounds, I'd be miserable. Mm-hmm. But at the best shape I, I was ever in, I was 158 pounds, and that was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So, say say for the sake of, of the argument, I'm 160 pounds, mm-hmm. and me me hiking around with with 180 pounds, like weighing 180 pounds, and having yeah, because I mean, <laughs> well, basically, like what you're saying is you have to incorporate the weight on your back and not just the weight in your body. Yeah, the, the like the, the actual weight in your body is like in, in like the actual weight on your body ends up affecting you pretty much the, like like the it, it it ends up affecting you the the same exact way as if you had that same exact weight in your pack yeah so yeah i get uh, what you're saying for that for sure yeah if i'm if i'm 180 pounds hiking you know just without a pack mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of me at 160 pounds hiking, on the hiking 20 with pound a 20 pack. pound pack so and you're gonna be hiking with 10 like 10 to 15 no matter what or like would you say 20 no matter what Forty, no matter what, dude. Okay, sorry. Well, in your case. In my case, is, with all down jackets. All right, I need to wear down jackets and take a nap every ten yards. I'm kidding. I'm busting <laughs> your balls. But. Yeah, yeah, because well, yeah, like what David's saying, <clears throat> you have to incorporate the the weight on your back. So if you say you're gonna have, say you're gonna have a forty pound back. Well, I, I mean, so, like uh, the 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 whole the whole thing about the weight thing. Just to ensure that you're in you're in good shape, and just know that every extra pound that you don't need is the equivalent of having an extra pound of pack that mm-hmm. you pa- uh, an extra pound in your pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, so slim down as much as healthily possible, but get in the best cardiovascular shape that you can be. Yeah. Um, and then I was telling my my guy about um. Oh, your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, who's your guy? <laughs> I was telling my friend about, you know, his, like, what what exercise you should be doing. Definitely more cardio-based, and most of the cardio you should be doing is hiking. If you don't have access to hiking, get on the freaking treadmill 
and get the incline, incline. up as, as high as you can. Because I mean, car- I mean, because you're gonna work cardio kind of most in whatever you're doing. Yeah. But your legs need to be able to take that. Yeah. Your so, legs need to be able to beat to crap. Like absolutely. Your legs need to be able to handle that. So in terms of weight training. Also train with the pack on so your back is used to that as right. well. Right. In terms of weight training, you should be lifting legs mm-hmm. as much as possible. Use a leg machine to work your quadriceps and all that stuff. And also be working deadlifts because, um, you know, deadlifts work like a very large span of your muscles. But mm-hmm. at the same time. It works your lower back, and your lower back is very essential for sheep hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, and then in terms of hiking, definitely like, start hiking as soon as possible. Probably, like honestly, I would I'd probably say six months out. Yeah. Like to like to to definitely give you some insurance, and 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 if if you're if you're out of, out of shape, you know. Six months will will definitely give you plenty of yeah. time to to tone down, slim down, and like get I mean, used to as a disease child. Shape. Six months was exactly how much. Okay, because also training a year or nine months out, that motivation isn't quite there. Um, in my opinion, like it's hard to get motivated nine months out. Well, it all depends on who you are. For that, I mean, that's but. true. But for me, it was like once it also it was like <clears throat> for me, it was always like oh next because I hunted in July. It's like oh it's oh next year, next year. Yeah. So like. Once you hit that year, you're like, okay, this year I'm going to have a sheep hunt. Let's start training now. So it was kind of like, for me, it always ended up being six months after Christmas, you know, just start training. Right. But, um, like, <clears throat> for you, you only had two months to train because you were notified two months before you left. But you're already a kid who's in good shape who, like, had been – I mean, you played tennis. You were, like yeah. – it's not Okay, it's not like you were a kid who sat on the couch for six months. No, I was Or I was for active. four years, and then you went on a sheep hunt. Like, you can't yeah. do that. Um. But, so um, yeah. you how, were you already like an active, in good shape kid. Yeah, and I and I was already hiking, you know, pretty consistently. But um, was, also hiking at elevation if you have the opportunity. Absolutely. Because when you go up to the northern territories like that, the elevation is lower than you would expect. Yeah. Because when you, the higher like up the globe you go, the elevation actually kind of gets lower. So like for example, we're in Arizona. We're in the mountains. It's like eight thousand feet, mm-hmm. but when you go up to Canada and you're in the mountains, it's like five, six thousand. Yep. So yep. It, and it's significant if you train in eight thousand, especially because we do hikes up here. We start at eight and then we go to like eleven. Yeah. So if you do that and then you end up starting at like five and you go to like seven or right. four and you go to six, it's significantly easier. Right. But but like starting to like rebuild your body to be used to. And your lungs expand too in the thinner yeah, air. Yeah. Yeah. Being acclimated at a higher elevation, you know. Mm-hmm. Enables your body to to operate on less oxygen and stuff like that, and and honestly, it's it's the same exact reason why Olympic athletes train in Colorado. Yeah. You know, at high elevation because it ends up it it just it gives it gives your body a head start, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a lot harder to work out up here, but you're going to be that much more ahead when you work at sea level. Yeah, because um, it, it like because <clears throat> it's hard, but then it it's even harder, and it forces you to like. No matter what, like you could do the same thing at sea level and the same thing at high elevation, and your body's going to be working significantly harder at higher elevation. So, yeah. like, <clears throat> if you hike like five miles at high elevation, it's almost the equivalent of hiking like two, wait, hold on, like 10 ish miles at like sea level because you're like, other than like the legs part, your lungs and your cardio shape is going to get significantly better when you're hiking in lower or higher elevation. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so. Also, I know this. Not right. only because of that, or like because the, um, like the thinner air and all that stuff, but like I literally have 
medical evidence that it happens because whenever I come up here and I train my lung function, because I do lung function tests all the time, mm-hmm. whenever I'm back from my cabin, my lung function goes up a significant percentage than when I'm working down in the valley, like, or working out down in the valley. Um, it just, and that's like actual data, like evidence yeah. that it actually significantly helps working out up here. Yeah. Cause, cause your, your, your lungs are working at a higher RPM to like get that same output of, mm. of oxygen in, intake, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so on top of that, hiking should be your primary, um, way of getting cardio, like getting in cardio shape. And my two cents on that mainly, and I got this all from podcasts and doing my own research, but always start hiking as soon as possible without a pack. Yeah. I got to ease into it. Oh, and get the shoes you're going to wear so you break your shoes. Yes. Break your shoes in. That's super important. The last thing you want is blisters on a heart. That is miserable. Never hike in brand new boots. That's the worst thing ever because you're going to get blisters and it's going to suck. So start hiking as soon as possible without a pack and then and then build up your pack. Mm-hmm. So go Especially if you get blisters on the hunt, you're yeah. going to be miserable for oh, like it's days cuz they're never they're never going to go away. Yeah, and plus your feet are going to get wet, which is my pet peeve. It sucks. And and it's hard to dry your clothes cuz all you have is a fire like Yeah, prepare for the worst. So start <clears throat> start without a pack, build build your way up, you know, month by month, you know, 0 pounds in your pack, 20 pounds, 40 pounds. The max you should ever do is 60 pounds, and my advice for that is stop training your maximum amount of weight at least three weeks before your hunt. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the, the last few weeks before you go on a hunt, you kind of want to ease. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to like be going the hardest then because yeah, you can kind of burn yourself out. Or last like, two weeks yourself. before the hunt, definitely take it easy. Make sure you're healthy, and and obviously like. Make sure, make sure you're not going to get hurt or anything. Because if, mm-hmm. if you get hurt, you know, three weeks before your hunt, that could be game over for you. And you're definitely and, – and, and, and those hunts are really complicated to, like, you know, reschedule and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so, de- like, definitely take it easy, but definitely, like, build up your strength over time. Like, sheep hunting is not, is not a thing that, that – um, You that, can't train overnight for a sheep Yeah, hunt. yeah, yeah. You, like, you – you 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 can't cram for a sheep hunt. You're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna hurt yourself. Um, yeah. Same thing goes with weight training. Like build a plan, work your legs, work your lower back, and work your freaking shoulders. Honestly, dude. And a lot of people don't say this, but for me, one of the hardest things about it about hiking around with a pack is just the pain on your shoulders mm-hmm. from carrying a heavy pack. And so I guess my Especially advice because like you're going to be hiking significantly lighter until you kill an animal. Absolutely. And then once you're packing out the animal, you're like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. This is so heavy. I remember, I remember packing out my desert bighorn. I was just so. Fr- and you're tired cause you've been hiking all day and you've been, Oh man. Your adrenaline's been pumping. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out, we are not experts at sheep hunting. Oh, no, but, but from <laughs> but these are our recommendations from recommendations. what we've experienced. Yeah. But, but listen to podcasts about other people that yeah, do this yeah, like do, all the time. Do your own research, but like, like, for me, this is the stuff that I would definitely want to hear. Um, I would say this is, like, the least. Like, no, no, no. Like, like <clears throat> the most, like, brief, like, these yeah, are the... Yeah, there, I think like, everyone would are, recommend this. There are hours of podcasts you yeah. can listen to to hear about this stuff. And and, and, and obviously, if you ever want to listen to that, check out Jay Scott's Jay Scott podcast. podcast. Check out Kuyu's podcast. Check out... Um, there, there are tons of other ones. There are so many. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, de- like, for me... 
like one of the most painful things was like on my traps and my shoulders from just carrying heavy pack. Like work out your traps like with like dumbbell like shrugs. Work out um yeah yeah like do do shrugs but like mainly just get just get comfortable with like carrying a heavy pack just hiking around because um like training those muscles to like get used to it like will save you and mm. will make you last so much longer because honestly because <clears throat> like, if you can't last on a mountain it's gonna be a very rough time yeah like because because uh, that the initial pain you're gonna get if you don't train your traps is like the, the like the, like the first day or two days your 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 shoulders and traps are gonna hurt like crazy so anyway do that and then another thing on my, on my desert hunt when i was clocking in so many miles like you know 60 70 miles probably around like the first five days um if i can i don't know you know anywhere from like eight to 12 miles a day mm. um with a 60 pound pack mind you but definitely your focus on your hip flexors and work out your work out your your um your abs to <coughs> work out your hip flexors there there are two exercises that that you could do to help that and timmy and i kind of figured this out but do flutter kicks i hate those flutter kicks and bicycles and look, oh, look when up. you do bicycles, you have to make sure your shoulder's going to your knee. Because if you just do elbow, you're not going to get anything out right. of it. Right, but those indirectly hit your hit the exact muscles that were being a bitch to me. So, um, and at the mean, in the meantime, works out your abs too, so you can get shredded. <laughs> just just in the meantime, you can get shredded. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, those yeah those definitely. Yeah, the, the the whole hip flexors were definitely the the thing that came up and bit me in the ass. Cause every morning I wake up, you're tight, and like, I feel like there's a knife getting shoved in my leg from just because of these cramps. You know, mm. you know, make sure to pound a bunch of electrolytes when you're hiking out there, a bunch of calories, cause you're gonna be burning them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, a year ago I was 180 pounds, and now I'm 160 pounds, um, and that difference, that loss of 20 pounds was all from training, dude. Mm-hmm. And, th- and again, like the lightest I ever was, was right after my sheep hunt where I was, I was, I was eating a lot, but I was just burning up. I was burning so many calories just by hiking and carrying that pack. But I was 158 mm-hmm. pounds at the very end of my sheep hunt. But yeah. Um, and then another thing, last thing about hiking, um, be careful hiking, but try to avoid trails you know a lot of people who are i mean once you kind of get into it yeah yeah. i wouldn't say initially like avoid trails i mean you know hiking a trail is not gonna you're not gonna get the same workout out of hiking a trail than that than than you are just to go up go up like the sheer face of it Mm um at the end of the day you put in the same energy but uh, same amount of work because the thing is wherever you're going there are no trails when you're on that cheap hunt, there are no trails yeah. except for like the game trails, but yeah. like it's rugged, yeah. and your feet need to get used to like not hiking on like the nicely paved or beaten down trails. Yeah, and and uh, and the trails are never the hardest way; they're always like the relatively easier ways up. Yeah, and, and there there aren't any paved trails in the rough country like that, and and uh, 
you know, just just like anything else, like you, you like you have to train your feet and your ankles to handle you know, that that type of terrain. Because mm-hmm. if you if you're hiking, if if you're you know just walking in a neighborhood for you know hours on end to get in shape, and 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 you're walking in that slate, you're gonna twist an ankle or something, you know. So just like anything, you gotta just kind of slowly slowly introduce yourself to it and build up strength that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, that's, that's pretty much all my two cents about it. But, um, just know if you're going to go with a bow, Bow's I've hard. never done that with a bow. I'm sure if you're going to go for that with a bow, you've hunted something else with a bow. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of know what you're doing. You obviously know what you're doing, but it's probably a hundred times harder because you got to get closer. They're There's going to be a lot more failure. So, and it's on my bucket list to do it, to do it with a bow one time. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. You said we've talked for a stuff. long time, dude. Hour and a half. That's it. I know. I felt like longer. I felt like longer because it's so painful talking to you, dude. You were doing most of the talking. Actually, I've run out of things to tell you into quarantine, dude. Yeah, we've and been locked with each other for a while. We got quarantine for probably two and a half weeks left for me. Well, for me. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to be quarantined here a week more. Quarantined. Um, well, once I move out, you don't really need to be quarantined that much. Me? Yeah. Oh, I just got to be safe. Yeah. I mean, you still have to, like, socially distance and stuff, but... I ain't going to see you guys till November. I know. Well, I mean, I won't see... I mean, I'll see Tim from a distance. Yeah. But then, yeah. So... But I got an elk hunt in September. So I got. I've been dialed in with my. I think I just have one more hunt. I've been dialed in with my bow. I've had plenty of downtime to be shooting my bow, and I'm dialed into a at 80 yards, 100 percent, and at 100 yards. I'm you're gonna get a shot at 80 yards, and you're gonna be like, pew. What? Just like you're gonna get a shot at 80 yards and just like whiff it, like, oh damn it. Yeah, yeah. Don't jinx me, dude. Well, I hope you don't take a shot at. I mean, actually, nah. you may need a shot at 80 yards, but. Yeah, and plus... I mean, always... Oh, also, um, with the, the mountain sheep hunts, if you are doing rifle, practice long range. Yeah, because like you probably, don't probably 500 yards at least. I mean... I, mean, I would say, like, max 500. Yeah, I think get, the furthest shot I ever had... I had <laughs> the furthest shot I ever had on my sheep hunts was 500. Yeah. It's like 508, but with elevation, it was less. And, uh... But you'll yeah. usually... Um, if you can't shoot at least, like, 400 or 300... You're gonna have an issue getting a shot. Yeah, definitely. Because your shot, but your shots were 300. Yeah, expect the unexpected. Mine, mine were like from 300 to 400. Yeah. Most of my shots were 400. Yeah, just just imagine going after it with a bow, and like being noisy as hell in that in that slate trying to get within 40 yards. That's just ridiculous. I don't know. And plus, well, usually, just like because I know with Lincoln, he went with the bow. Yeah, but. But, but like, he went to like the lower country where there was less slate and more yeah. grassy but stuff. How, but how many sheep hunts did he go on to get his slam? A lot. Um, At yeah, least he six. did. At he least went six. On a lot. His desert was the hardest one for him yeah. to get. Makes sense. But with the bow, it's a whole different art form, dude. Oh, it's crazy. It's a whole new margin of error, and I mean there, there's a lot. Larger margins of air, and I definitely want to get more people into it because it's addicting, dude. Mm-hmm. It's fun. All right, we've rambled on too much. We. I've rambled <laughs> on too much. 
I'm the only one that enjoys these podcasts. Meanwhile, Jen's like, fine, I'll do one. It was my idea. Who got the ball rolling? Yours truly. Okay, damn it. It was my idea to do this podcast. Because I thought about it at like me. 2 in the morning. <laughs> I haven't done a podcast in a while. I might start doing them again. Oh, no, what's dad's password? Well, I just locked dad's computer out. Good job. Right. Use your finger. <laughs> we don't have the same fingerprint. I know. I'm kidding. Okay. All right. I'm out. Thank you for your time. And I wish I could put this in as a movie line, but just know that El Dunier. God damn it. <laughs> El Duterino is signing off. Nice. This quarantine is driving us nuts. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, David, for coming on and telling us your sheep hunting story. Um, anyhe. Anyway, love you, bro. Alright, love you too. Peace. Bye. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening because, you know, life is short and so am I, and I'm trying to make the most out of every day, and I hope that you guys do too. I hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one. Well, you better know the bottom if you want to be a climber Cause there's always another one a little bit higher when I think I'm finally done I'm staring at another one So I reach down deep and I lace them up tighter It was only a mountain Nothing but a big old rock Only a mountain It ain't hard if you don't stop It just took a little step Right then a left and a couple million more